So Perfect. with us today is uh, Carla Pentamone and uh, interesting uh, personality and a great, great um, background. Welcome to the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. Thank you so much, Jacob. Excited to be here on this Sunday. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at scandlux.com. All right. Sounds good. So I have Elite Prospects up and I also have my LinkedIn profile up on you. And it says, owner, founder at Women's College Hockey Recruiting. So uh, and then your Elite Prospects page has a uh, interesting picture with uh, looks like a championship um, celebration in the background. So tell everybody who you are and a little bit about your background. Yeah, absolutely. Really appreciate you having me on today. Um, so um, that's pretty accurate. We actually, Women's College Hockey Recruiting, we have a um, – uh, a partnership with Elite Prospects. So really appreciate that all they are doing for the women's side and the growth of the women's side. Really, as we know on the men's side, Elite Prospects is kind of the end-all be-all with statistical information. So they're really upping the ante on the women's side here now. Um, Swedish, so Swedish company, by the way. They do. I, I, I love all their coverage on the European content that comes out, which is fantastic. Uh, so so I know on on your elite prospect is that it's got the uh, Wisconsin jersey on there. So uh, NCAA Women's Championship there. Not yeah, I just deal. so I just so happened to have my rings. We got back from Hillary Knight's uh, Hall of Fame induction, so they were handy here. So I I brought them to to show you guys. But uh, yeah, so I was. Um, Nowhere near as good of a hockey player as, as a lot of my teammates, but I walked on to UW uh, after playing out east at a small Division One school, um, and so um, and I I played there from 2008 to 2011. Uh, we won a couple of national championships, and it was a ton of fun. And uh, and yeah, I've been kind of working in hockey ever since. Um, so diving a little bit post-graduation, I went to Northwestern for grad school. Um, thereafter I coached, uh, AAA hockey. I coached hockey for at the collegiate level, um, both on the men's and women's side. Um, and I'm expecting a little one here. So taming it down a little bit and just going back to my alma mater to coach. Uh, we have a game tonight actually, um, uh, for Loyola Academy. So, uh, still involved in coaching, uh, coached, um, a lot of, uh, uh, disabled hockey as well with USA hockey, uh, coach blind hockey. Um, so yeah, everything, everything kind of hockey all the time. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. And, and there's nothing like preparing yourself for parenthood to, uh, have already been in the coaching. So, uh, we'll see where that's going to go. Um, so, so it, I, I think it's it, when we first started talking, you know, it's interesting when we started this podcast, it was, you know, primarily because I grew up in Sweden and then I've been in the U S really for a long, long time. And then my son grew up playing here and then he's playing juniors in Sweden. And the reason for starting it was because very few people in Sweden uh, knows a lot about junior hockey in the U S and the uni the junior hockey people here and youth hockey coaches and parents and players don't know anything about juniors 
in Sweden. So, you know, there was no podcast to talk about the subject. And it was really, we say that it's via Swede about Swedish juniors for the North American uh, listener. Interestingly, so far as about two thirds of the people that listen are actually Swedish um, people listening and, and so on. But one of the things we haven't talked about too much has been uh, women's hockey on the junior side in Sweden. So, um, and what, why I thought it would be good. We, I could talk to you about, uh, I could talk to you about recruiting, which we want to do. We could talk to you about uh, being an advisor for young men and young women, which we probably want to do too. Uh, and we can talk about just hockey in general and where you were with all of your background. But I, I think it'd be to start would would be interesting to hear since since there's there's a lot of young women that that when you parallel the juniors for women, there is no juniors for women in practicality. So they end up going from youth hockey where they play co-ed and then they go in and play maybe division one or sometimes SHL, but there's a lot of young women that are really solid hockey players that want to come over to the U S to go to play NCAA college. So what have you seen? I know that you have seen some Swedish players through the year that have come through that way. What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So I have the pleasure, you know, I'll, I'll shout out uh, Lisa gear, um, she plays for the Great Britain, Britain uh, U18 um, national team, um, and she was playing, you know, junior hockey in the Swedish Junior League. Um, and I think for a player like Lisa, especially with COVID and the log jam and the extra year of eligibility that athletes are getting, um, you know, especially kind of in the market that we're in, maybe maybe Division One isn't in the cards for every single one of those girls who are playing in, in the Swedish National League uh, or the, the Swedish Junior Leagues. However, um, for, for someone like Lisa, she had high aspirations of playing hockey stateside um, in the U.S. at the NCAA level. So um, I think a lot of times just getting that exposure, um, whether that's coming over for a year and playing um, at a prep school or playing for, um, you know, a hybrid hockey academy um, somewhere like Northwoods or, or, or a hockey academy um, and or a AAA program, a U19 team and doing another year at U19s um, so that they can get some exposure here stateside. Um, I think it's it's a real challenge for the NCAA Division Three programs, obviously, to get overseas and to scout in that league. Whereas at the Division One level, um, you know, kind of money is a little bit uh, not so much of an of an op object. Um, so we saw, for example, at uh, the U.S. Um, uh, World Championships for U18s in Madison, uh, we saw a ton of scouts, Division One scouts, all there, um, and they weren't there necessarily scouting those the U18 players, but they were really building relationships with the International Hockey Federation team coaches uh, to be able to foster that relationship for future athletes. Many of those girls who are on that team already are obviously already placed or they're already committed, but fostering those relationships between the NCAA Division I coaches and then obviously uh, the coaches that that are involved with the national governing bodies of each different um, uh, uh 
country's national team and and kind of um, how deep that could get um, at the division one level. It's relatively easy, but division three, you know, there just aren't those dollars there. But um, so I think for me, the most interesting thing about this podcast is helping um, those girls who maybe are quote unquote bubble division one, division three players, or would be really solid division three athletes um, that can get leadership and merit scholarships at the NCAA level to come overseas stateside. And, you know, so I think how to get those girls that exposure from the Swedish junior league, um, at that, you know, age appropriate time to, you know, maybe 16, 17, even 18 years old uh, to come over and then have the opportunity to play at the NCAA level. So excited to maybe share some points on, on how that can happen for our Swedish listeners. Yeah. So what are the, what are the challenges? So when you're saying money is one thing, but I guess that translates into the lack of ability to watch people live, right? Yep. So they take the known versus the unknown. We have maybe tape on a player, but it's bigger rank. It's different environment, different things, right? So what you're saying is how do you, it's harder for the same talent from a different country to then be able to beat out the same or lesser talent sometimes just because they're not known. Yeah. And absolutely. And I think, I think, um, you know, kind of bridging that. And I think a a large part of it, you know, maybe even two years ago, they were taking players sight unseen during COVID because they just needed to fill those roster spots. But now that things are kind of back in order, you know, how do you get, you know, those athletes to see them live one more time before, you know, making not just a one-year commitment, but a four-year commitment at the NCAA level. Um, I'm going to shout out Harry Rosenhall. He just had a great camp over in Sweden with the college hockey showcase, giving players the ability in Sweden to sign up for that camp and have NCAA coaches there, uh, which is pretty cool, um, both at division one and division three, but, you know, really outside of, of some of those opportunities there's not a whole lot of of opportunities for players to be seen live um unless they're making the trek to the states and, and getting involved with some of the camps there and in, in order to be seen live um, so, so. so let's let's go into that like if you are so let, let's talk to the to the player mm-hmm. and the parent of a swedish 16 year old girl yep that are preparing Absolutely. love the game uh, is playing co-ed perhaps maybe their first year gymnasium over there in Sweden, but they're really, their goal is I want to keep on playing. I love this game. I want to, I want to keep on doing it. And by the way, I want to get an education at the, and I want to keep on playing at the NCAA level. What are the five, six things that, that you would say they need to do to prepare? Sure. So I think first and foremost, if they are very interested in playing in the States, I think a trip to the U.S. is in order and maybe a summer block of like one month where they're hitting, you know, a number of exposure opportunities and then also potentially doing some college visits within that month. So, you know, the month of June, for example, could be a great opportunity for them to get over here and do Mike Cowan's, you know, Midwest exposure camp or Cush's ring sport camp or Kathy Pippi's uh, ones runs wonderful events. She's got a whole bunch of them throughout the summer. Uh, I mentioned Harry Rosenhall with CHS, um, 
you know, there's, there's so many, there's college specific camps as well. Um, you know, I don't want to leave any, anybody out here, um, when I, when I'm discussing a lot of these camps, but, uh, they, they can retweet it from this, uh, they can go in and retweet it, uh, from, from this Twitter handle. So there we go. Ho hockey masters as well. You know, there's, um, Oh, definitely NA elite. Sean puts on a really great, uh, camp with NA elite and it's, uh, kind of invite only, but, you know, getting over to getting overseas, uh, or from, from overseas to kind of come and be able to be seen live is very, very important. I think, um, especially for coaches to kind of get that last look, but prior to that, as they are preparing for those exposure opportunities, um, you know, I know I've, I've went into my coach Carla's, you know, six or seven pillars of recruiting on other podcasts and, you know, let's many, do it. Let's, know, let's, but, let's redo um, it. <laughs> so, you know, I like to call it coach Carla's six pillars of recruiting. And these are things girls that you should be doing all the time. So, um, you know, first and foremost, checking out uscho.com. That's your one-stop shop for all NCAA hockey. You can find all, you know, the plus 70 division three schools on there and plus 40 division one schools. So, you know, knowing which those programs are and doing a bit of research is important. You know, that obviously that's something that we go quite in depth with, with WCHR and um, our website and the tools that we have. But um, I would say that what you girls could be doing is, you know, calling coaches, emailing coaches, uh, in some cases, texting with coaches, uh, depending or WhatsApp for, for you um, girls over in Europe. Um, letter of recommendation, um, that coming from your current coach going out to college programs is going to mean a lot. So not just saying, Hey coach, write my letter of recommendation. I'd really appreciate it, but provide your coach with, you know, what you're doing in gymnasium or provide them, you know, your extracurriculars above and beyond what your hockey skill sets are, you know, your community service that you're doing. Um, so call email texting, um, letter of recommendation, recruiting questionnaires, you know, part of what you girls are going to want to make sure that you're doing is filling out the recruiting questionnaires on the websites. Um, now the NCAA does require uh, separate identification numbers, uh, both at division one and division three. So you'll want to make sure that you're getting both a number for division one and division three to be able to populate that. And that's as simple as just going in and Googling NCAA clearinghouse. Um, there's a spot for athletes and you'll be able to register and get a number uh, for both division one and division three and plug those into the recruiting questionnaires. There's softwares out there where you don't have to recreate the wheel every single time. So you can kind of auto it auto populates your information, but that quantitative data within those uh, recruiting questionnaires is so very important for coaches to kind of know what your grad year is, you know, what your, what your test scores are potentially, if you have them, some, some of these schools are test optional, um, what your GPA looks like, you know, obviously height, weight, um, different pointers about you, place to drop video. So again, call, email, recruiting questionnaire, letters of recommendation, uh, texting. And then last but not least, we'll talk about the utilization of Twitter and Instagram and, and social media platforms. So my philosophy on social media, you know, everyone is different. Um, I think transparency is key. Um, and I think, you know, people will ask me, Carla, should I create my own separate hockey Instagram? 
I answer no. I'm pretty transparent on my social media. You know, you'll see things uh, about obviously WCHR, but then you'll see and you'll see things about, you know, me coaching, me with my family, maybe me out at a concert, but you'll get kind of my truest self on there, right? Um, Whether people like it or not. But I think that that's, you know, not every single coach is going to you know, jive or you might not jive with every single program, but you're going to want to be your authentic self uh, so that coaches know who you are and that they can what's called passively follow you throughout your recruiting process and to see the type of person you are to see, you know, maybe what uh, highlight content that you had have if you have highlight videos um, of yourself or, you know, hey, just got to, you know, the Labor Day showcase, um, excited take a selfie with your teammates, um, reposting content from, you know, whether that's your college uh, college programs you're interested in or your prep school. Um, so many different things that you can be doing on social media to be more searchable. Um, and we talk about a lot about search engine optimization for our athletes and what that means. So, you know, say you're, you have a tournament and you're to be seen on a roster, right? Um, and they give you a quick Google, you know, Take, for example, a guy like Sidney Crosby, right? He's had hundreds of thousands of articles written about him, you know, from ESPN, TSPN to the TSN to the Pittsburgh Penguins website. But that first thing that populates for him is actually going to be like his Twitter profile. And that's the same thing for you girls. So, you know, if you post a lot of content about, you know, what you're doing on social media, it's going to make you more searchable for the college coaches. So I would urge you to, you know, post on your social media, obviously not be super boastful and, you know, all the time, but, you know, post um, relatively frequently and then follow the programs that you're interested, you know, follow Chatham women's ice hockey, follow, you know, Lebanon Valley or Wilkes University or whatever it might be um, to start to see what they're, they are about. Maybe they'll give you a follow back. And then you have this relationship going for the next couple of years to see, Hey, you know, I like, I like, you know, their, their values. I like what they're posting about. I like their content. This may be a school I want to check out. So what are the biggest pitfalls that you see? Where do they get stuck beyond kind of they're not noticed? Sure. So I would say some, um, some colleges are going to be better with their international student athletes than others. And that's just, you know, point blank facts, you know, um, we see schools like, um, you know, that, that just don't have maybe the resources to be able to support applications or, you know, there's a lot of red tape that goes into getting, um, you know, an application through and, you know, the differences of what you're doing, you know, on a, in gym, gymnasium and the different, um, uh, you know, the kind of the different, uh, roadblocks, the, you know, to the applications that might just be easier for, um, athletes that are stateside or, you know, U.S. citizens. We also see that though, as well with our Canadian athletes. And so it's just a matter of kind of, you know, really talking to the coaches, I'd, I'd say, and seeing, you know, how do you guys do with your international student athletes? Have you had other international student athletes play intercollegiate athletics, not just within women's ice hockey, um, but also, you know, across the board? Um, is there a liaison for international student athletes? I know like SUNY Oswego does a fantastic job with their internationals um, as one division three school that, you know, is noteworthy. Mark does a great job there. So, you know, I you just kind of have to, um, you know, I say kind of cast a wide net is really important when you're reaching out, say to the 
you know, the 72 division three schools, if you do it, you know, we do it pretty methodically here at WCHR, um, but making sure that you are pretty methodical and then, all right, this school doesn't seem to have very much help for their international student athletes. They, I might be hitting roadblocks there, um, you know, and then just kind of continue to go from there. So I'd say probably the application process um, would be one of the biggest roadblocks other than getting, you know, a coach may really want you, but, you know, how are we going to get into that program, you know, um, financially um, and, and otherwise academically? Yeah, I think it's great stuff. And it, it's, it's, you know, I find it, it it's it's mind boggling how much how how many things that has to be checked off um, and and uh, just to be able to go to college. Sure. <laughs> it's funny, I was just filling out my son's. Um, he was going to take one class at the local community college and I was telling a friend I should have had a degree just in academic in, in academic admissions just to be able to get past <laughs> the the uh just to take one class and um uh, and so on and then there's a lot of hurdles within the clearinghouse that you got to be got to be re really careful with so you're not ineligible yep absolutely well. so what's the best way um just kind of wrapping things up uh I, what i want people to get is look this is out here there's resources available um uh, it can be a minefield to a certain degree, but, but it's all about networking and finding the personality that is, that fits for you. And there's, you know, you're not going to have capacity to work with everybody, but there's, there's going to be someone out for, for, for each and every one. But I think it's important to be able to find who's going to be the right fit, who fits the personality, the goals, um, and so on and so forth. What's the best way for, is it okay for people to reach out and say, I just got, or, or what's the best channel for a parent or a player to reach out to, to you and your firm? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, honestly, I'm, I, my cell phone's always on, so I'll just share my cell phone number here. So it's 773-875-0440. I'm always on the go at the rink. So give me a call. If you have any questions, shoot me a text. Um, also my email, cpentamone at P, so that's C-P-E-N-T-I-M-O-N-E. -E, and then it's at womenscollegehockeyrecruiting.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Women's College Hockey Recruiting. Um, but probably the first two ways are going to be best, most direct is just to call or email us. Um, I, I try to check my direct messages as much as possible. Um, and, you know, also through Jacob, Jacob has my contact information as well. So, you know, yeah. I really, even if you're not signing up, you know, to, to, you know, pay with WCHR, I'd like to try to help as best as I can direct you girls um, and your families uh, to, to maybe a, a particular school you're interested in and, and the contact there. Um, but, you know, always, always trying to help um, as many people as I can, you know, I love giving back to the sport that has given me so much. And I know I had some fantastic mentors growing up. So I appreciate this opportunity to kind of reach, you know, some of the masses over in Sweden. And I know you're getting ready to head out the door because what's tonight? So we have a game tonight, first home game for Loyola Academy. Uh, really excited, jazzed up about that. Hopefully we'll get a Rambler win uh, for our girls. So it's We're been an action-packed weekend. I was just uh, 
I think I mentioned, but I was at Hillary, Hillary Knight's Hall of Fame induction. So I got to see some of my former teammates, uh, which was really great. And uh, it's it's been a wonderful weekend. So hopefully we can finish it with a big win for the Ramblers. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, it's a little bit of a different kind of flavor, a little bit different twist on where junior hockey advisors go in. But I really felt that that was an untapped area that we we're going to dig more into instead of just talking about the guys. Uh, we want to expand this into not just Sweden, but we've talked to some Danish and we're going to talk to Tommy from 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 Finland here soon. And and we want to also talk about women and young women that are that are following the same dream in this great sport. So thanks for coming on and uh, we'll definitely stay in touch. Thanks so much, Jacob. Thanks for having me.